0: Welcome to Gaidos Bros, where we ask better questions.
1: Because having the answers is just not good enough. Hello, welcome to Gaidos Bros. I'm the brother.
0: And I'm the other brother.
1: All right, so we're going to talk about uh, something that is on the forefront of your mind today, and that is uh, college. And uh, you have a young one that is on the the hunt. And what what kind of concerns uh, that she might have? What concerns do parents have? And uh, I'll be getting there soon enough, and and so we can discuss what what that looks like, uh, college versus no college versus what college. And, you know, we can just take it from there. So I, I guess I would, I would, uh, my first, my first question would be, um, why college? Why, why does it feel necessary Mm -hmm. as a, as a parent?
0: Yeah. You know, I think we're entering a funny time right now where a lot of people are asking that exact question. It's like, "Do, do my kids need to go to college? Um, it's expensive, oftentimes even overpriced. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why colleges can offer these scholarships at these, you know, really high rates. It's because they have endowments. These colleges are worth more than most businesses. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of questions that come in there. But your your basic question of why college? From a uh this is obviously just my my own personal take. When we were young, you and me, uh grandpa used to I mean, I don't know if he told you this. I'm sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh he used to say, "Go get go get your education." You know, he went into the the navy, came comes back and then gets his high school diploma after that. Right? And so he was he was really big on, you know, no, you finish your education and, uh, you know, but then he would, for me, at least he would follow up and he'd say, but then remember, you know, that, that it doesn't mean anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah. he did say that. He's like, go get it. No one can take it from you, but it doesn't mean squat.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and over the years for me, yeah. that makes a ton of sense. What you get from a college or what I was anticipating, what he wisely pointed at is, you get access to some really intelligent people. So for me, uh, it was an access point to really intelligent people. That being said, are there really intelligent people in the universities? Uh, Yeah, there are. And so do I want my kids to have access to some really intelligent people? Absolutely. Is there really dumb people? (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, So I see both sides of it, but it's no different than anything else. If you have access to somebody who really knows what they're doing, like that's, that's really helpful in your journey. And, and I think in the college arena, you, you know, for me, at least there's, there's a higher uh, opportunity, um, a a higher chance, a, a greater, a greater chance of encountering some people who are really, really smart, they might be really, really smart, dumb people, meaning they're incredibly high IQ, but they don't understand how the world works. You could still learn a lot from that, right? You just, you know, you can't let your guard down in terms of being uh, a high IQ smart person. And so, you know, do I want my kids to encounter the, 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 Uh, the the greater chance at some really high IQ people. Yeah, I do. I would, I would prefer that. Um, My biggest concern on the flip side of that question is there's some people who are really, really high IQ that are really problematic because they're so blind and naive to the world. Right there, they oftentimes, this is not always the case, but oftentimes it's the ones who went to high school, straight to college, straight to postgraduate, higher level, you know, degrees, a master's, a PhD, uh, you know, something like that. And there's very little, or maybe in some cases, even no, you know, real world experience in Mm -hmm. what they're they're doing and that is a path that can happen and it it does happen and i my one of my greater concerns is that maybe that's happening at a higher rate now than maybe ever it'd be interesting data to look up i i honestly don't know it Um, is
1: i i can attest to that it it is explain so that's my question yes most most uh advanced degrees um, come with very little actual world, real world experience. Uh, there, the, the PhDs, I could probably look it up, but the average age of a PhD, I want to say is between 28 and 29, but I would look it up for sure. So, um, maybe I can do that while we get into another, uh, another branch of the topic, but it's, it's very low, which means that there's no, there's no time to practice any of the stuff that, that they're trying to communicate through uh, any of their uh, works, and so that means they're, they're they're teaching your undergrads. So they're trying to tell them stuff based on theory and not practice, and mm-hmm. and so they have this this thing called theory into practice, where they actually research how it's practiced, but they're never actually living it, and so there's a higher a much higher percentage than you want out there doing that. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so your concern is valid. 100%. That's so.
0: interesting. It reminds me of one of the wise people I did meet in higher education uh which is he 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 would always tell us um several times throughout the semester that I knew him. Uh, his name was Rand Michael. And he would say, "Look, theory without Application technique, oh, okay, or application, you know, yeah. say technique without sure. technique is is useless, but technique without theory is reckless, and so
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's y-
0: right. it was his way of saying, you have to have
1: both both
0: if you don't have both, you have a failure, and so if we've got theory going without technique we have i mean that's useless that that is completely useless which totally makes sense if right. you if you understand how things work but the only way to get there is to have some experience it's Correct. almost like you know i wish i i wish that uh maybe something like this if if i were adjusting the system a little bit
1: mm-hmm. it
0: would be more like okay between your bachelor's degree and your master's degree, there's a three-year waiting period between your master's degree and your Ph.D., which you don't even—I I learned this after the fact—you don't even have to go to a master's degree. You can go straight to a Ph.D. People yep. don't know that, but you can do that. Yeah, you can go get your doctoral degree without a master's. Yeah, I—I think that—I don't know, maybe that's messed up too. That being said if there was like a three-year waiting period between a bachelor's and a master's and Mm -hmm. then a three-year waiting period between a master's and a PhD, you would expand the experience side of it naturally. Like it would, it would have to,
1: it would have to be, it would have to come with, with work experience though. Like you'd have to add that component in saying that the three years is just, is not just time off. Like you got to work. Right. So,
0: well, I mean, let's be real. If they can't get their PhD or they can't get their masters for 3 years which means they can't really be enrolled as a full-time uh student moving toward I mean there are some people who would probably try to buy their way through it and just stay in school the whole time but that would become really evident in their in their resume because you would mm-hmm. not see a 3 year work period and any relatively intelligent uh, business would look at them once they got their PhD and be like, okay, well, where's your three years of experience and your other three years, where's your six years of experience? Right. And they, they'd be like, well, uh, I mean, I just stayed in school and I taught this and I did that. And the businesses would look at them and be like, no technique, no application. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. Have a nice day and I'll never see you again.
1: Yeah. So I have the data.
0: Okay, go for it. <laughs>
1: okay, so the average time to complete a doctorate is four to six years, depending on the program. Uh, so let's just go with five, five years. The average age of completion is 30 and a half, so roughly 30 years old. So if you back off the five years at 25, and then you back off four at 21, um, so you're talking the average high school graduate's about 18-ish, so you, you've got about two and a half years roughly of total real world experience out there, maybe uh, by the time someone completes a PhD. Yeah. Total.
0: No, and here's where I think they hide the world the real world experience. They would say something like, Well, I've been a teacher for this long, and then it'll right. look like it's been, you know, 13 years or something you know or 10 years or you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. and and don't get me wrong i think teaching is a fine profession but teaching is 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 theoretical orientation first application second right
1: that's yeah depending on the content depending yes exactly
0: because if you weren't going to go with If if, with that model, you would probably go do an internship at a business. You'd probably go, you know, become part of the, the welders union and get on the job educational experience. Mm -hmm. And that's totally different. That's a totally different pathway, which is a good pathway. Also, it's a mixture, but it's more technique and application driven. So, right. Yeah. I, so I guess is, here's my question okay, go. what do you think what do you think is better a theoretical first drive or a technique or application first drive which one oh. which one should be prioritized first
1: <laughs> that's a it's a that's a really good question because I go back and forth on this all the time like do you need to learn okay so so I teach uh calculus and and do you want do you want to teach them uh what the thing does or how the thing works first right and so it's 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 algorithm and then practice or is it practice then algorithm which way do you do it and i go back and forth on it because you can't you can't speak the language if you don't understand the theory first right so so part of me leans that way it's like okay first present the theory but then the theory has no there's no anchor. There's nowhere to put it because it's just a theory floating around. That's like, okay, this is something you can do, right? It's like, you can punch in numbers in a calculator and it gives you an output. Well, big deal. I know how to punch them in, but what does the number mean? Well, the meaning comes from the technique. The meaning comes from how it's applied in, in real world. But if you go straight to that, now you're trying to communicate in a way that doesn't have the, the theoretical backing to it, right? It's like, it so it's it's a tricky one, but if i was if I was to have to choose, I would probably integrate them as closely as possible so that you're not staying in theory too long without practice and you're not doing practice without understanding how the theory works. It would have to be almost like a synergy. it would be you'd give a little flavor of the theory and it go right to application. And then go to another theory and write to application and just, and try to marry it up as close as possible. Um, that's how, that's how I like to do it because I think it has the, the most, um, it gives it the most meaning. So, but it also gives you the language to understand it. And then on from a math perspective, from a physics perspective, and, and we can extrapolate this to like a world kind of view. Um, in a minute but uh, in physics it's there's so much that is already known and just not understood and i start with the thing they already know and then i work to theory Mm -hmm. okay so you
0: you ended up settling on as you were talking i was listening you settled on it's theory first by a nose <laughs> barely it
1: barely yeah, yes by a nose you know like yeah. if we
0: were a horse race it would be by a nose by a smidgen yeah and you know the he, he, there's there's pros and cons to each right mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I think about uh, i i would default similarly i i think it's pretty close to the 50-50 mm-hmm. split but the theory by a nose uh you know in terms of where we start maybe and the reason that uh that that I might say something like that is is the uh the concept that you get when you're in a in a Marine Corps. They they, they what do they do? Improvise, adapt and overcome. How do you improvise, adapt, and overcome in a peculiar situation if you don't have some theoretical possibility? Mm -hmm. some potential outcome that might make it different if I do something different. Mm -hmm. So the theory by a nose would be, uh, you know, I I think about, I was in communications, right? So I I think about, you know, as a calm guy, if I understand that amplitude modulated, you're talking these big giant waves that can go around the world. Is super different than frequency modulated, you know, these, these short, but you know, they're, they're really precise. They're super powerful at the at a short distance. Mm -hmm. Well, if I know the theory, I can often improvise, adapt and overcome the obstacles, but without the theory, I could sit there and try every single problem solving technique and not get the waves to go far enough because I don't understand the theory. Mm-hmm. so my improvising adapting and overcoming any challenge is immediately complicated if i don't have some understanding of the overarching theory agreed so that's for me why it would be by a nose
1: yeah i but agree I, too
0: yeah like if i if i if i have the theory but i don't know how to work the damn radio i'm screwed anyway like
1: right you have to have it a- a knowledge of what the buttons do and what you know what you're what you're actually changing within the the, the sequence or the pattern or the um, intensity right. power all that you got to have all of that as how do a I baseline it
0: from an FM to an AM like that's simple maybe there's a button maybe there's a button maybe right. the, like but if I don't know how to do that I can have all the theory in the world and I'm like uh I don't know I want to get it to go like this but I don't know how to get it to do that when I can get it to go like this. Can't well, run. see, that's
1: even theory too, because you need, you have to have a theory to even know what you're doing with this know, versus this. I know. Right? So it's, so it's, yeah, it's uh, correct. And and so back to the original question of why college, I mean, the, the idea of college is to, is to build that theoretical baseline and your concern as a parent is, as to whether or not the teachers can provide the theory and then place it in the context of how it can be applied might be lacking is a, it's a valid, it's a valid concern Mm -hmm. because, because you have to have the, because the purpose of, of the ultimate purpose of college is to build that knowledge base so that you have people that can think and reason at a higher level than they could in high school. Right. I mean, you if you have a college graduate and a high school graduate and standing next to each other, you would say that theoretically the college graduate should have a more broad pool of tools to to use to problem solve. Right. That's what you would think.
0: Yeah. you, You would have the theoretical backing to say, oh, if it works like this. Right. Then maybe we could try this, this or this in the application to get onto one of these potential theoretical
1: models. Right. And that would be the ideal. The problem, the, the problem that I have. And so I don't have a student that's getting ready to go to college. Um, the problem, or the concern that I have um, is along the same lines. And that is, what are they going to get in college that that they can't get somewhere else without incurring debt. And and right now, it's it's not as much. Now, there are certain fields for sure. If you're going to go into a tech field, let's say, um, or a medical field or something like that, for sure. But if you're going to go into a different – if you're going to go a different route, if you're going to go into the humanities, um, I would argue that a a $1 library card would get you more than you need to to pursue that and why waste time and money to do to do anything else right if you're if you're trying to become an engineer and you need the experience in not only the math but but you need access to the tools to do lab work and to test things out you're not going to be able to get that anywhere else really you can get some of it working on farms here and there um, yeah. for sure but You're not going to have the access that, that, uh, an MIT or, uh, you know, another school would have, let's say so for sure. But, uh, that's, that's my main concern. What do you, mm -hmm. what, what are you pursuing and what are you getting out of it? And if you can get just as much out of it and gain real world experience working in some field, that's alternate to what you're, uh, studying on your own, why not? Why not make some money, enter a field, get a, you know, go to welder school, you know, make a hundred grand a year within six to 12 months and, and learn the humanity stuff that you want to learn on your own and become a writer later. I mean, you can just do that. Like, so it's not that hard, but.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And, and it also depends on like, I think that that's, that's for sure. So like with, with, with Addy, my, my oldest, she's wanting to do like ecology studies and stuff like that. Well, that's really sciencey at the end of the day. There, there's going to be a lot of lab work. Um, we'll see if that sticks. Of course, you never know. Uh-huh. But, but that does, you know. For from my vantage point, you're talking about somebody who needs to go and do that study at a, a higher ed location. Uh-huh. Because can you do some of it? Uh, you know, just out on your own. You know, maybe doing some type of like a a job shadow uh, or something like that. Yeah, you probably can. But to get really, to get anywhere, really, it's going to require, you know, access to some things that you're really going to get at a better, in a better way at a college setting. Right. Uh, so, you know, your doctors, same thing, right? You got to go to a college setting, you know, your physicists probably got to go to a college setting. You know, they, there's, there are definitely some professions that are like that. And then there are the, this is a, a side note for me, a challenge that I have uh, my profession. It's regulated through the college essentially, meaning could you get the experience that I have not in a college a hundred percent? You could, mm-hmm. but they use college as a way of opening or closing the door for people. So it's an access issue for me in my profession. Um, I can't be a licensed clinical counselor. If I don't have, if I don't go through the university door, I can't do it. They won't, they won't allow that to happen. And so there's, to me, that's both good and challenging. It's good because I want there to be limited access into my profession because we're dealing with people and there's a lot of risk that needs to be averted. Yeah. To, but it's it's not good if I'm only learning from people who have theory and not great application. So for me, I went through a private university and I worked with people Who had both theory and application. But a private university is stupid expensive, right? Like it's it's the highest. I mean, it's I'm borderline Ivy League costs. Yeah. And I didn't get an Ivy League degree. So, you know, at this point, you know, some people are like, well, that might be better, you know, but whatever. I mean, it it's Okay. Yeah. It's true. Like there, there are people who are like, eh, I mean, at the Ivy League, most of them don't have application experience. No, I know. You know, and so, yeah. so maybe it's better that I did what I did. And for me, it was, uh, you know, it was necessary to open that door. And there's parts about that that concern me. I think we should pay attention to it.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if I like the part where it's seemingly regulated, like through the colleges. That's a uh,
0: Oh, it's a hundred percent regulated. It's not seemingly. Well, it's a hundred percent because you can't do what I do without going through a master's or a higher program. You can't. Like you it can't is, test
1: into it. You can't.
0: It's illegal in every state in our country. It is illegal to practice clinical counseling without a master's degree or higher. It's illegal.
1: Huh? So you, you can't even work in a doc? Can you? Can you work? As an intern in some, in some way with a, with an undergrad, or do you Uh, have to only if you're currently enrolled in a master's or higher program, that's it. So you have to be in or graduated from in order to work and you can't practice on your own without having completed it.
0: You cannot. And you have to get a certain
1: number of hours too, right?
0: Yep. And in, in the program, it comes at the tail end. The, the practicum, the, the practical application.
1: Because none of your hours can't count before that.
0: Nope. And you can't actually practice before that until you're in practicum. You so can't that, actually do it.
1: So that's what, like two-thirds of the way through the program?
0: It is exactly two-thirds of the way through yeah. the programs. So you do get heavy, heavy on the theory the first two years. And then you get heavy, heavy on the practice the last year. Or thereabouts. I mean, it's really, depends on what program you're going to, but like, it's really close to that model all across the country. So it is not seemingly regulated. It is regulated through the universities. And then it's regulated through the state, through the board, the, the, uh, the clinical boards,
1: right. Right.
0: right. In every state.
1: Hmm. So, okay.
0: It is a, it is essentially a university and state-run profession. Yeah, isn't that weird to think?
1: That That's really the, weird.
0: The people profession is a it was regulated by the state and the university systems across the board.
1: Hmm. Okay, yeah. well, I know. I still come back to white college because I, I I'm I'm going back and forth on this one. I I understand it's value. And I went to school um, three different times for three different degrees. And I don't, and I look back and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm still the same, same dude I was before. Like it's, you know, I, I have added more theory. I did. And, you know, just looking back on it, I'm like, I don't, I, I know that I know more than I did before in, in at every level. Um, but it's it's a crazy maze of 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 weeding through the things that are important and the things that are not as you go through each of them mm-hmm. and and so it's weird because there's there's people that we we have our max cognitive abilities right we have our 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 top end where we can get can we can we push you know, just like a little bit further. Yeah. But there's always this, like, this asymptote where just we can't ever get past. Right. Sure. And, and I feel like sometimes just a- after going through these, the, the, the masters and the doctorate program, I feel like there's people that aren't, they're, they're achieving something that's beyond maybe what they're actually capable of. The paperwork shows more than what they're capable of. And, oh yeah. And that, and that's, that's a little scary because I'm like, what it should be more rigorous. Like that's what
0: application. Yes. A hundred percent.
1: Well, the theory should, the theory, the theory process should weed out the people that can or can't apply it. That's right. But it doesn't. No, it's not. It
0: only weeds out. It only weeds out the people who can't understand the theory. And the theory in an academic world, not in an application world,
1: right? And then it's also it's it seems like it's a little too easy to do. It's being uh, made too easy.
0: Yeah. Well, you went through it. I, I only went through a master's program. So, but you got to understand. Like, I know this now. My uh, George Fox University runs their master's program more like a doctoral program. They marry the application with the theory better than as I've learned working, and this isn't to say I'm better than any of my other you know cohorts, right? And, and, and I'm not saying that profession. either. I agree, but it's it's purely like I know now that others in my profession, the vast majority of others I have encountered in my profession, do not have the theory and application experience that I got from my university honestly my university just did it better and that's that's not to say that the others don't do a good job in areas for sure they do but my university t- literally treated it more like a doctoral program just to get your master's degree yeah and and so they they wanted we we literally had to do we we had to do application uh at these extreme more extreme levels um than others and our theory was pushed really really hard we we came across people who had application skills these techniques and they would teach us the technique and then they would also teach us the limits of the techniques which is which is with the application part
1: let me ask you so the theory is based okay this would be the question that I would ask uh, a psychologist if if I was going to see one. I would say something to the effect of, "Is your theory rooted in the DSM?"
0: You want me to answer that question? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, no.
1: Okay. Um, the
0: DSM, the DSM, uh, just supports the theory.
1: Okay. So then I would say, "What is your theory rooted in?"
0: Uh, the the human development, the human experience process. I, I'm Rogerian by trade. Rogerian, uh, Carl Rogers. And so that's the theory. Of, so
1: that's where the theory comes from. Okay. So
0: all yeah, all of his stuff was based on application, how the theory applies, and okay. he started in the kids' world, Got and it. then he moved it into the adult experience. Go on.
1: Well, that makes sense because it's that's the development process. So I follow that. Okay. Now, um at your school were you allowed to challenge the theory openly
0: at my university yes
1: okay at it didn't your, always
0: go over great but it it was allowed at all times
1: okay and and that's because there is ignorance that's involved with with the learning process you you can challenge it but you don't know what you're challenging because you don't know enough to know better or yeah. or maybe it was a valid one and and there was a good discussion on it perfect mm-hmm. now um, was at, So at your university, were you allowed to challenge the DSM?
0: Absolutely. Matter of fact, we, we had an entire semester that looked specifically at the DSM. And we talked about the design of the DSM oftentimes mirrors the medical model. But we are clinical counselors. Right. We don't necessarily subscribe to all of the content of the medical model. The medical model assumes brokenness. Clinical counselors do not have to assume brokenness. Okay. The client who comes in may be functioning exactly as designed. Right? Like I think about trauma. When a client comes in to talk to me about trauma, th- their brain, their body is doing what it's designed to do. It's keeping them it's it's helping them survive. If I assume brokenness, I assume I have to fix it. Whereas if I assume that their system may be doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing, then my assumption is maybe it's just a matter of correcting their course, like not fixing it, but letting them see that there are still options in front of them, helping them understand what their body and their system is doing. And then through that experience, they can go, oh, I could actually choose to go path B, C, D, E, or F. I don't have to go path A every single time. Huh. And then they try it. They create some success okay. and they move forward.
1: So, okay. So then what yours, yours, the theory is that since they're not broken, they don't need to be fixed. They're doing what they're supposed to do. It's like a, it's like a slinky that's kind of coiled onto itself. It's yes. still there and you have to just figure out where the thing is, needs to be untwisted so that they can operate again. More or yes. less. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so then, all right. So in, in attempts to answer the question and then maybe ask a better question, then shouldn't the universities then be, shouldn't the university that kids and, and parents seek ensure the ability to challenge theory at all levels of the educational process that like ultimately in, in science and in political science and in the humanities and in, uh, the medical sciences and whatever it is that at every level, it should be just an open and honest debate about just the theories and the pushback at every level with, with each cognitive ability, you know, whether you're in an undergrad, a graduate or a postgraduate where you push back on theory as much as possible to try to poke holes in it. Since that's what its purpose is. It's purpose that as a theory is to say this is what we think it should be and then take all the, the 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 aggregate of knowledge and experience that's out there at every level and just try to continuously poke holes in it to try to create actual learning. Yes. So that's ultimately – so then as a parent, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the location that allows for that to occur. Yep. Without from- Without reservation, just – Throw it out there. Yep. And in
0: my experience, this is this is purely like my own naive, simple experience. I've been to giant public-run universities. I've been to community college. Uh, you know my track. I bounced mm-hmm. around a fair amount. Mm-hmm. I've been to uh, you know well-run, you know, universities. I've been to poorly-run universities. Mm-hmm. I have. For whatever reason, the good Lord saw fit for me to see all kinds of crap. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I've also seen private university setting. And the private university setting, I was more inclined to challenge everything. Not because I couldn't challenge it maybe at a state university, but I was going to the state universities to be one of the, you know, the four hundred in the room and get my degree so that I could open a door. Whereas when I was at the private university, I was more or less told you're not getting through the door. If you don't understand the theory and the application. So you better ask hard questions.
1: Okay. So you were challenged more in a pre. not, not all private universities are like for sure. Um, but you, but you found that in, in your experience that it provided the best opportunity for that. I, I agree. I think, uh, You got to be selective in, in the schools that you're looking at for sure. And to me, it, it's a hundred percent pointless to go to any school. If you can't, if you can't push back on, on ideas, the idea is to, is to not prove anything right, but it's to try to poke holes and prove everything wrong. And only when you can't, can you affirm that it's uh, a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So like, so. you know, the, the, one of the easy ones with the low hanging fruit here from my vantage point is you know, when you talk about things like DEI or critical race theory in universities, it's in all of them. It's in private, it's in mm-hmm. public, it's, mm-hmm. it's in all of them. And so to me, it's not about the theory being there. I could care less if the theory is there. Mm-hmm. Because they should have these theories there. The question is, how do they play with it? right? If you've got you know diversity, equity, inclusion, and they play with it by saying, well, maybe we should be less diverse." I, I recently, you know I, in my, my podcast, I did a limits to diversity. If they're not talking about the limitations that there are in creating diversity, because like anything else, diversity has limits, Mm -hmm. right? When you increase diversity to a certain level, it becomes dysfunctional. Now that's, that's taboo to say in most places right now, but when you're looking purely at theory, it becomes a reality, right? When you increase Mm -hmm. diversity to a certain level, it becomes nobody has anything special.
1: Right. And then that's also not true. And then the, the word diversity has many different inferences as well, because there's diversity that can be changed and diversity that cannot be changed. And those are. And so anyway, yes, the the nuances of, of that particular topic should be allowed to be discussed. But what you're seeing is that that particular topic is not,
0: it's not, it's not, you're not allowed to say, hold on a second. Is our diversity actually a problem right now?
1: Correct, right? Be- and you it, should be able to say that. You, and you, should hundred be-
0: percent, in every educational institution, if you can't say that, you're a crappy institution. You're just you're you, As far as I'm concerned, it's absolute garbage. So, like, I know my daughter's going to go to a university that has a DEI. Like, mm-hmm. I, I did. It, you can't get away from it right now. Mm-hmm. my if i call that university and i say hey what are your thoughts on on you know diversity's limitations and they can't articulate them i have a problem like it's not that it's not that um diversity is problematic or is good it's we theoretically should be testing both things all the time
1: all the time yeah and poking you know, holes in it theoretically, and poking holes in it uh, with technique and application.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent. And that to me is where, you know, you know, you can still run into good people in universities. You can run yeah. into terrible people in universities. It takes one really good mentor to make your university experience, no matter where you go, worthwhile. It takes right. one really good mentor in any university to make your experience absolute garbage
1: just right. one it I literally know.
0: takes just one yeah. so you know that's part of the uh, the frustration there so for me i'm looking at it like hey, we're going to vet it as a parent uh, i'm going to vet it as well as i can i know there's a chance that my daughter is going to go to a university that has uh, you know huge uh, you know moral differences than than me maybe maybe they believe that men and women should be able to sleep in the same dorm i don't believe that i think that that's problematic right i mean but and then i go okay but you're also talking about adults you know they're going to sleep with who they sleep with i lose that ability to influence my daughter i've either done it or i haven't she's you know she's either going to you know right. you know and she's either going to align with people who who you know think that it's okay for a man to become a woman or a woman to become a man or not Right. And I am losing that ability to influence that. And so for me to hold on to that, to that control is ridiculous. My hope and prayer is that she finds the right people to mentor her and guide her to understanding theory and application, number one, in her profession. Right. that's Because that's what the university is supposed to do first. And then number two, help her become somebody who thinks. Uh I have done my diligence to help her be a thinker, somebody who who challenges the the the, the norm, mm-hmm. um, including me, which really kind of ticks me off sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I would have it no other way. You know, she she reads content that I'm like, you keep your eyes open, kid. Keep your you know, white fragility, you know. Uh oh. you, you know, I mean, there's there's a pr- bunch of them mm-hmm. that she reads and I'm like, you got to keep your eyes open. I'm reading Hitler's book, Mein Kampf. Mm-hmm. I, I got to keep my eyes open. You know, the good Lord also saw fit for me to go to a, uh, uh, you know, some of the harder places. I worked with gang members for almost six years in a public school system. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- wh- like, If my daughter did that, I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not sure you want to do that. But yeah. at the same time, it's you know, there comes a time where it's not my place to say, you know, go get in the trenches, you know, get bloody and get gross, and like fight the fight, you know, be in the battle and keep your eyes open because you might be on the wrong side. You never know. Right? right. Like I I do the same thing with me all the time. You know, am I you know, I I slant toward, uh, you know, some some of the capitalistic models. Right, mm-hmm. I slant toward the the idea of limited government. Uh, I am not an extremist, not no. by any stretch of the imagination. That being said, what if I'm wrong? What if the capitalistic model is, you know, is going to lead us to, you know, the the end? It could, if we're purely capitalistic, it could. Like, because then mm-hmm. what you spend your money on defines everything about you, everything. In a purely capitalistic model. If a whole I buy another set of
1: questions. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, th- there are limitations to my abilities as a parent. And so yeah. for me, I'm going to do my diligence to the very best of my ability. I'm going to pray like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to guide where I, I, I can guide, uh, but without the, You know, you have to, I will not support you. Like, I don't know what her journey is going to be. What I know is that she's got to have a safe place to land if she comes home. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and that doesn't mean that everything goes in my home. Right. Right. It's still a safe place to land. You know, if she goes out there and she like, I mean, she's not going to do this. I, I know her well enough at this point, she decides she wants to be a man safe place to land in my home. Yeah. You know, my love is first. Everything else comes after that. So, you know, when it comes to the university and selecting same thing, if she finds a loving, kind, welcoming environment that does have good theory and challenges, theory
1: allows to
0: challenge. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Even if it looks on the outside, like it's a stupid decision. Will it be hard to talk to, you know, you know maybe grandma about it? Sure. But I'm yeah. okay with that. I'll have that conversation. Will it be hard to say to you, yeah, no, she's going to this place and they they believe these things are okay. Yeah. yeah. But only because I put value in your opinion, grandma's opinion, uncle Roger's opinion, mm-hmm. my wife's opinion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's what it, I mean, I know I kind of went on a rant here, but I'm in the middle of processing this crap
1: right now like yeah i know and i'm a couple of years away but that's why i wanted to bring it up i thought it might be cool so
0: no. no man we went down a lot of pathways here i think uh we asked some questions and then we asked some better questions uh i think our audience if they listen to this and i know we have been wildly inconsistent with our podcast here but i'm just going to put it out and uh you know i'll, I'll you know hopefully it will benefit one to a hundred a thousand ten thousand parents out there. I don't know. Yeah. But that's my hope. Um maybe I'll post it on my platform as well. Uh, but hey, uh for all of those out there in podcast land, thank you for joining us, joining us at Guidos Bros. Uh we will absolutely try to be more consistent. Understand this, you know, this is difficult to to create the time and the space. So thank you for your patience. We hope you enjoyed this. Hope this was uh, something that's helpful and we hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.
1: Please like subscribe and follow. You can go to guidosbros.com. That's G-U-I-D-O-S-B-R-O-S.com for additional content.